Okay, so tonight, <clears throat> uh, everybody should have an outline in front of them. If they don't, uh, raise your hand and we can get you one. Everybody got one? You see them? Need one here? So, uh, we are going to enter into our ministry series on Exodus. Last week we got a great uh, preview of the whole book. And so this week we'll start getting into it uh, little by little. Praise the Lord for Exodus. Uh, Exodus is uh, a marvelous book. Um, maybe you heard stories about this book when you were little. Uh, maybe you didn't. But uh, this book uh, is a great book that will bring us into God's purpose. So uh, I hope we have a good beginning tonight. And uh, we really need to all pray, Lord Jesus, open my eyes. Go. Lord Jesus, open my eyes. Yeah. So we have here a revelation on the title, a revelation of God and God's building. And uh, that means we want to see something. To have a revelation means that there's uh, <clears throat> something in front of your eyes and then something gets rolled away and you get to see something. So tonight we want to have a revelation of God and God's building. Uh, so in Exodus, uh, there's actually many aspects of God and we will just cover a select few because Exodus is 40 chapters long with a lot of revelation of who God is and His person. So I would firstly like to say, uh, when you get to know this God, this God who's in Exodus, you just fall in love with Him. To know Him is to love Him. And so as we get to see this God, uh, I hope more and more we would just fall in love with Him. Um, you know, if you were to ask in the New Testament, what's the great commandment? What would you respond? Somebody be a little louder here. Yeah, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Right? So uh, when you get to know this God, his great desire is that you would love him with your entire being, right? So tonight we want to first of all just see some aspects of who this God is, okay? So <clears throat> there's a lot to talk about in Exodus, but we're just going to go right into these aspects of God quickly because my time is short. And then we'll end with the main burden here in point number two. So first of all, let's just read this, number one, and then we'll read all the small letters, A, B, C, D, all the way through H, okay? So let's read number one together, a revelation of God, letter A. B. C. Two and little three. 
So every one of these points could be a whole message, but we're just going to do a uh, flyover and just see these various aspects of God tonight and try to pick up some salient points from each one, okay? So first of all, letter A here, we have a revelation of God as the self-existing and ever-existing God. Here in the beginning, this is when God unveiled himself the first time as I am that I am. And this is quite a title here because actually in the Hebrew, this word simply means to be. That means God is. God is, and by converse, we are not. We are not. How long is your life? How long will you live? Well, in the grand scheme of things, like a vapor. In Psalm 90, it says our life is like a sigh. <sighs> You're gone. That's how quickly we come into existence and then cease because we are not. But this word here in Hebrew, I am that I am, is literally to be. God is. God exists. He is. Uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, uh, you know, okay, I just had it. Is uh, yeah, must believe that he is. You must believe that he is. So our God is, and we have to be impressed that this is his first revelation here to these who are in the process of exiting, is that he is. And what's wonderful about this is that to all his seekers... Whatever we need, He is. Whatever we need, He is. Will, do you need patience? Yes. He is. Do you need sympathy? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Do you need love for your roommates? Yes. Most definitely, right? (laughs) Our God is. So you could say... He is whatever you need. You just fill in the blank. I am that I am. In John chapter 8, the Lord, in three particular verses, 24, 28, and 58, the Lord said there, I am. The last verse in 58, I believe he says, Before Abraham came into being, I am. So our God, uh, and of course in Exodus we have the Old Testament, but in the New Testament we have this same God, Jesus, which means Jehovah, our Savior. He's there in the New Testament in the age in which we are living today, and He is whatever we need. You know, you may think you need a lot of things. Actually, we need to experience the I Am. It's really wonderful to know him as the I am. Okay, Um, moving on quickly, letter B. He is a speaking God. Our God is a speaking God. Uh, One of the main characteristics of this God is he loves to speak. Actually, he has given us himself in his word today. Um, The whole Bible from... 
the Old Testament to the New Testament is 31,173 verses of speaking. That's the whole Bible. A lot of speaking from our God. And His speaking is to bring us Himself. So, uh, oftentimes in the New Testament, idols are called the dumb idols. They're dumb idols. Dumb, not as in not smart, but in not speaking. They have no ability to speak. Because the amazing thing about a living being is the ability to speak. You know, with a little child, when a little child grows up, one of the most exciting moments in a child growing up is its ability and learning how to speak. Uh, and it's interesting, a um, lot of studies and so forth on the matter of speaking. Uh, your speaking has much to do with those who you are around. And eventually you speak like the persons you're around. So the way we learn to speak is by the one speaking around us. And if we will get to know the speaking God, we will get to know Him. Spend time with Him and He will speak to you and you will get to know the speaking God. This is a major thing. Eventually, as you get to know the speaking God, you'll become a speaking person. That is speaking reality, speaking truth, and speaking life and light to all the ones that you're around. Okay? Uh, okay, let's read this verse here, of course. Um, Exodus 4, 10, 11, and 12. How about? Let's read these. Go. And Moses said... I think Moses' response is often our response. I'm slow of speech, Lord. Don't, please don't make me speak right now. You're sitting in class. You're there with somebody. And there's a little stirring within. Maybe you had some prayer that morning or you read some of the Word. You read some verses. And the speaking God is within you and He's speaking. He's welling up. He's coming up. And... He just is desirous that you be one with his speaking. But oftentimes we're like Moses. Lord, I'm slow of speech. Please don't require me to say anything right now. Not now. Not to this guy. Well, we have a speaking God. And he loves to speak. And if we get to know him, we realize he loves to speak out to the ones around us. So this is to experience him here. Uh, of course, Moses... Uh, he, was a, he was a meek man, and you can see this even by his speaking here. Uh, and eventually he had to be matched with Aaron uh, so that God could get all of his speaking out. But you realize God is saying, I'm a speaking God so that you'll become a speaking people. Okay? Uh, anyway, this is wonderful. We have to see he is a speaking God. Right? You know what? The devil wants to shut up our mouth, especially on this campus. He wants us to close our mouth. But you know what? Our God is a speaking God, 
And all the time, if we know him and touch him, he will fill our inward parts. And then all the time, we can be those who are speaking him. Um, famous story I've shared in the past. I'll share it again. Learned it years ago. Uh, finals period. Two girls walk up to the Coke machine after finals, a day of finals. Um, and one says to the other, how was your day? And the other says, it was great. I took my test with Jesus. And then she walked away. And the first girl did not know the Lord Jesus. And she was so intrigued by that response, she spent one month calling everybody in the dorm to find that girl. <laughs> she laid in bed at night, tossing and turning. What did she mean? I took my test with Jesus. <laughs> she couldn't get it out of her mind. And she, listen, after one month, she would call and say, did you, did you tell me at the Coke machine I took my test with Jesus? <laughs> and finally she met the girl. Can you imagine random phone calling your dormitory? <laughs> she found her and you know what? That girl came to her and she let her find the Lord Jesus by leading her to pray and meet the speaking God. So our God is a speaking God. He loves to speak. It's a major characteristic of our God. He loves to speak. Okay, moving on quickly. Letter C. Let's read it. Go. Okay, Exodus 6.6. 6. Go. Okay, a uh, very large point here, redeeming and saving God. God's people were under Pharaoh's tyrannical hand, serving him, slaving for him, and God redeemed them. He brought them out, and this is a marvelous thing, and today we need to be redeemed. We need to be redeemed, firstly, from the curse of the law. But we need to be redeemed out of this world and brought back and bought back by God. Praise the Lord Jesus on the cross. He redeemed us and he saved us. And we all need this present experience. Okay, then moving on next letter D. Read it as the blessing God. 2325 go. Okay, isn't it wonderful we have a blessing God? In the Old Testament, the blessing was physical things. In the physical realm, in the outward realm, this was God's blessing. But in the New Testament, the blessing today is actually He Himself. In Ephesians it says he will bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. So the blessing that we get today is just Christ himself. But we see here that Jehovah in picture form in the Old Testament is a blessing God. Okay. All right. Then letter E. Let's read it. As the healing God. 1526. Go. And he said. Okay. 
So God here is one who heals. And again, in the Old Testament, he was primarily talking about outward physical healing. But in the New Testament, this healing mainly is in our soul. Of course, there can be healing of your physical body, for sure. God can do this, and he has done this. But what is really a mess in all of us is our soul. And our soul needs the healing God to come in and to touch us, to meet us, and to dispense himself into us to meet our particular need. Okay? All right, then F... Sorry, we have to just, we're going through this quickly here. Uh, Exodus 34, 29, the infusing God. Let's read this. Go. And when Moses came down. So while Moses was there on the mountain, with God for 40 days, he was just in God's presence. Something was happening. Moses was catching rays. He was being infused with the God of glory. And when he came down from the mountain, he was so infused that his face was shining. And when he went down there, what happened to the children of Israel? They were like, wow. There was some shining that had happened. There was an infusion. So what did Moses do? He put a veil over his face. So the point is, though, that our God is a shining God. This is amazing. Maybe you've experienced this before, being around another brother or sister who's full of Christ, who's full of the enjoyment of Christ, and you're with them, you just sense, wow, there's a shining coming out of this person. There's something so real, so strong, so powerful, that there's shining coming out. Well, certainly with our God, He's a shining God. And if you look at 2 Corinthians 4, 6, this one here says, Because the one who uh, said, Out of darkness light shall shine, is the one who has shined in our hearts. For the illumination of the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this God, He is a shining God. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Uh, <laughs> one time I was uh, playing a game of sports with some others, and it was not a group of brothers. I was just out on this court, and this guy walked up to me and said, what's up with you, man? You're shining. <laughs> I had just come from a meeting with some brothers, and I really had enjoyed the Lord. And he walked up and said that to me. And uh, I wasn't sure what to say at that point. But you know what? When we're filled with Christ, we also become shining. We become luminaries radiating out the reality of Christ. He's living in us. And he's growing in us, and eventually he's being expressed in us as the shining God. Well, when we touch God the first time, in a real way, he shines into our being. 
And something of his element, this is what's amazing, something of the shining God is infused into our being. And it remains there. That's what's amazing, that the element that comes out of the source gets infused into the object. That's God himself. So our God is a shining God. This happened in the Old Testament here with Moses, but in the New Testament even the more with Christ himself. He shines into men's hearts. Okay, quickly moving on, letter G. Let's read it. As the God who dwells in the tavern. 25, 8, and 9, go. And let them... It's interesting that this God, he wants to dwell in a tabernacle. I want us to think about this for a minute. This is the infinite God. He created the heavens and the earth. He did so many things. And yet, this God wants to dwell in a tabernacle. Actually, the dimensions of the tabernacle were quite small. Uh, you could actually fit it physically in this room. As a matter of fact, probably it would fit even on this first floor down here, with the exception of the outer um, curtain that hung all the way around it. It was relatively a small tabernacle. Why would God want to dwell in that tabernacle? Any thoughts? Floor's open. It's where his people were. He was dwelling among his people. And so that tent was a sanctuary. It was a place where actually he could meet with his people. So when I go home to my tabernacle, my house... Uh, I'm not excited about the actual house. I'm looking for people in the house. And you know what? With our God, he wants to dwell with his people. So this is the God we see here in Exodus in the Old Testament. He was there dwelling in a tabernacle. But uh, we have to realize this is a picture of what he really wants to do is he wants to dwell in his people. In the Old Testament, there was a physical acacia wood overlaid with gold with many details we don't have time to get into, but he dwelt in the innermost chamber there called the Holy of Holies. And in Exodus 25, 22, he says, There I will meet with you. So God had a place on the earth where he could directly face-to-face -face meet with man, which represented his people. It's quite amazing, okay? Then, finally, letter H here. As the divine trinity revealed in types. As, number one, the cleft rock. Number two, the lampstand. And number three, the compound ointment. 
Uh, you, you might say, wait a minute, how do you see the Trinity in each of these? Well, you have to get into it and study it a little bit. Uh, we don't have time, but I'll just say quickly here. With the cleft rock, you have the law of God representing God's authority that struck the rock. That's God the Father. And then the rock itself is Christ. The Word tells us that rock was Christ. And then what flowed out of that rock? Living water, which typifies the? Spirit. So you see the triune God here, even in this cleft rock, and that is a picture of our Trinity, our wonderful God, the triune God. Okay? Then the lampstand here, also an incredible picture, this lampstand, that it was made out of gold, and gold in its divine nature signifies the? signifies the Father. Then the form of that lampstand, which was beaten into that form, signifies God the Son. And then you have seven lamps, seven flames. And we know then Revelation that the seven spirits represent the intensified spirit. And so we see the Spirit of God there. So we have the triune God seen in this lampstand. Then finally, we have the compound ointment. And it is even more detailed. And we'll talk about later. But again, this unveils to us God in his trinity reaching man. Okay? All right. Now... Sorry, we had a quick ride through here, a flyover of these various aspects of who God is in Exodus. But now uh, I want to come to the main point here tonight, and that is we want to see uh, what all of this is pointing to. We see our God, but we have to. Once we get to know our God, we want to know His heart. And in His heart, He cares about one thing, and that's His building. So let's read number two together. Ready? Go. So you have to circle the word pictures as a book of pictures. Exodus is awesome because of its incredible detail. And pictures give us details that lots of writing never could. So I just, uh, a brother helped me select... I think it's five random pictures with a lot of detail. And you have to realize with the details, you need a caption. The Old Testament is the picture. The New Testament is the caption. You need both. You need both the picture that has all the detail. And then you need the caption for understanding. So let's hit the first picture, Dave. Okay. Does anybody know what this is? This is the inside of a human eye. Quite detailed, isn't it? Very interesting. Anyway, I'm not an ophthalmologist, but there it is. The inside of an eye. I could talk for days and you would never get that, right? But you see the picture. The picture is so detailed, right? Okay, the next picture. Any idea? Beginning of the building of the Eiffel Tower. So it's a picture. The picture says so much, right? All right, then the next picture. This is two days after 9-11, ground zero. The picture says so much that you could never say with words, you just see this picture, so many details, okay? All right, next. 
Any idea? Guesses? It's Rio. Rio de Janeiro, sunset time. The details are in the picture, and these are so important. And as we see the book of Exodus, we're going to see many, many pictures. And these pictures are going to all point us to one thing. And that's what you have to pick up tonight. These pictures point us to God's building. Okay, at the end of the book... For at least 15 chapters, the writing is consumed with the building of God in its details. And we have to realize that this building is what is on God's heart. It's wonderful to have Christian experiences. But if you miss this point, you miss the very thing that is on the heart of God, which is the building of God. Okay, so uh, quickly here, we just have several things we'll run down. The picture is what? The first one, the Passover. We could spend a lot of time, but suffice it to say, this Passover shows us God's redemption. But this redemption is for God's building. Okay, then the next point is the actual exodus from Egypt signifies our going out of the world. Are we just leaving the world for leaving the world's sake? Why are we leaving the world? Because we want to enter into God's building. Okay? Then we have the crossing of the Red Sea. A wonderful picture here. Uh, I was telling some brothers there was a recent find in the bottom of the Red Sea. They actually found some chariot wheels. There's some pictures of it on Fox News. So, little little substantiation there that the picture actually took place. But that picture is to show us baptism. But our baptism, again, is not just for baptism and sake. We are baptized so that we can enter into God's building. Okay? We're reconstituted with the manna. Chapter 16, a lot of details there about the manna. Uh, We'll get into it in this coming semester. But as we're reconstituted with manna, we realize this is an outward picture as they were eating that bread, which is, what is it? What is it? Give me some more of that, what is it? And they were being reconstituted with a heavenly diet out of their Egyptian diet and becoming a heavenly people. And this is, signifies us eating Jesus. And John chapter 6 said, I am the bread of life. And as we eat him, we're reconstituted with him. But all this is not just for our individual experience. It is towards and for God's building. Okay, finally, drinking water from the rock, quenching our thirst with the Spirit, and the revelation of the pattern of the tabernacle. There was a pattern given in the mountain of this tabernacle that Moses had to go and build exactly so that God could have a dwelling place on this earth. And this is the vision we get of God's dwelling place today on the earth, which is the church. Praise the Lord for God's dwelling place. So, here's the question today. As a Christian, what are you living for? What are you living for? 
Well, I hope as we get into Exodus week after week after week, you will be impressed. The goal of all the pictures is God wants a building. God wants an expression. God wants a testimony. And eventually, he's going to get it. So when they built the tabernacle at the end of Exodus, guess what happened? God's glory filled the tabernacle. God came in his person, in his presence, and he filled the tabernacle. His Shekinah glory there was dwelling. His intense glory, his presence was there in the tabernacle. In a picture form, at that point, in a temporary way, God was satisfied because he got what he was after. That is a dwelling place on the earth. And today... It's no different. In reality, God is still seeking His purpose, His desire, which is to have a building. Okay. Uh, oh, the building. God's building. <clears throat> what is God's building? What is the building of God? Is it just the brick and mortar on the corner there? What is the building of God? The building of God is God himself infused into his people and built up together as a corporate expression on the earth today. God wants to be infused into his people. Infused, infused, day after day, infused into his people until eventually there's a group of people that fully express him. This is mysterious. This is profound. This is deep. But this is the picture that we get in Exodus. And this is what we all must enter into. Lord Jesus, thank you for your building. Lord, bring us all into your building. And may we see that all our spiritual experiences are for this unique thing, the building of God. Praise Him, right? That we can have this beginning revelation of God and God's building on the earth today. Okay, I'll stop. I went a little over. I'm sorry. Uh, but there's a little section on the back here. You can group up for about seven minutes, read it through, and then maybe we'll have a little corporate fellowship.